You're listening to a podcast on behalf of the Emergency Medicine Journal, EMJ, um, between Christiana Tamarco, publisher of EMJ at the BMJ, and Cliff Mann, president of the College of Emergency Medicine. Cliff, thank you very much for joining us today. Um, could you tell us why the announcement from the HEE and the college is so significant? Yes, well, it's, um, it's really very good news this week. Um, as many of the people listening to this podcast will know, the college issued its 10 key priorities for resolving the uh, emergency medicine crisis uh, a few months ago now. Uh, and there were five of those that required external agencies to, 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 to make the big difference, really. Uh, and the first is around recruitment and retention. Um, and this, so this announcement this week um, firmly establishes the fact that HEE is serious about improving recruitment into emergency medicine. As you know, and certainly the people listening to this podcast will know, for the last three years we've had fill rates of less than 50%, which means that we're 375 thereabouts registrars short. Um, and unfortunately that's a deficit that we can never make up because you can't start at ST4, you've always got to start it at year one. Um, so what this is doing is, is, is two things. The first is that it will uh, enable more uh, emergency medicine doctors to be trained in the UK. There's an increase of 75 posts per year for three years. Um, this is obviously extremely good news. Uh, these people will be appointed next spring and start work in August. Um, but equally good news is the uh, MTI scheme that's been announced. And this is a remarkable development that's taken... Um, uh, a lot of hard work by many people um, because the real coup here is to have persuaded the Home Office to extend the MTI scheme from two years to four years. The advantage of the four years for the people coming is that um, they will be in the country long enough to sit our examinations and complete the whole of higher specialist training, uh, which means that they'll leave the country with a globally recognised higher, higher qualification in emergency medicine. This will be good for them. It will increase their chances of uh, securing um, uh, really good employment. Uh, but it will also be very good for the people that they subsequently train uh, and the patients that they care for. So this is absolutely not about depriving other countries of their doctors. These doctors will, will not have the right to remain after the four years of training. So they will return to their countries of origin. But they'll do so now with a, a highly respected qualification. Uh, so that we see this very much as a win-win. And what are the consequences of the scheme? One of the great things about it is they'll, the effects will be seen almost immediately, uh, certainly in terms of um, uh, the, the timescales on which the NHS normally operates, so that uh, we'll be recruiting uh, the uh, MTI doctors uh, uh, in March and April of next year. They'll start in August. They, of course, will be starting at ST4 level in the main, so they will already be people who've got the membership of the College of Emergency Medicine examination under their belt. So they will, they, they will be able to start after an appropriate induction period as um, reasonably senior people within our emergency departments. Uh, and the 75 ACCS trainees will make a difference um, in two ways, really. The first is that they will, uh, some of them, start work immediately in emergency departments and, and they will be very welcome. And the college will do everything it can to support and encourage them in their careers. But the other thing I think is, uh, in, in many ways, one of those um, very positive intangibles, which is that uh, this sends a very powerful message to um, all doctors in the UK and wider fields that Health Education England takes emergency medicine very seriously. 
takes its responsibilities to ensure adequate recruitment and retention very seriously um, and has put a lot of money into making sure that this happens. And I would hope that that means that we have fewer people choosing to leave emergency medicine after the first three years of training, either by going into a different specialty or, or emigrating. Uh, and so I think that the, the effect will not be just the new people we bring into the system, but the fact that we, we, uh, we retain many more of the people already in the system. So what's next? Well, next is the other four key external <coughs> priorities from our 10 priorities document. Um, that's around uh, changing the tariffs so that we allow acute hospitals to be able to break even on acute care and not have to cross-subsidise from elective care. Uh, there's terms and conditions. We need to make the offer to people working in emergency medicine and the other high-intensity, high-frequency, out-of-hour specialties equitable. Um, otherwise, it's hardly surprising people choose to go elsewhere. And that's, uh, that's around um, incentivising people by allowing them, for example, to have long service leave, sabbaticals, uh, out-of-hours, um, sorry, annual leave, arrangements linked to the number of out-of-hours shifts you do, etc. A variety of ways other than simply paying higher rates. Though I think it's important to recognise that people would expect to be paid higher rates for working late into the evening and nights than they are during the day, and the current differential is inadequate to recruit people into those sorts of shift patterns. Uh, moving on from that, we also want to work with the Keogh Review, and uh, our key aim there is to establish urgent care centres next door to every emergency department, co-located as we would say, so that we're not asking patients to make decisions as to whether their symptoms reflect serious illness. They can present to the hub, as it were, and we can stream them either into the emergency department or into the urgent care centre. And finally, and in some ways most difficult, is to remove the blight of exit block from our emergency departments because we know that with exit block um, patient care suffers, morale suffers, lots of bad headlines around ambulance waits and trolley waits uh, and it's in nobody's interest to allow exit block to be a sort of endemic blight on our system. Uh, in order to do that two things need to happen. We need to improve the way in which we discharge patients from hospital more safely and in a more timely fashion and moving to the seven-day service uh, which the Academy have been uh, um, at the forefront of leading the work to, to, to deliver. That, that needs to, to, to be um, actioned as soon as possible. But also, if, if we change the tariffs so hospitals don't have to have these ridiculously high occupancy rates, um, then we will improve flow through the department. And the, the reason they have the ridiculously high um, occupancy rates is that because acute care loses money, in order to balance the books, you have to get in as many elective patients as possible. And so the, the bottom line is, in order to pay for the elderly lady's pneumonia care, you have to get in the young man for his, um, his, his knee surgery uh, because the tariff from his care is subsidising hers. Um, if we didn't uh, run the tariff system the way we do, uh, trusts would be able to plan their finances much more sensibly because they would know that actually when there's more acute work to be done, they should free up the beds for that. And when there's less acute work to be done, then they can do more elective care. The tariffs produce these perverse incentives to, to, to run hospitals in really very inefficient ways. And finally, what would be your advice to a young medical student considering coming into emergency medicine? Um, well, I think that uh, I, my advice would be uh, that there's never been a better time to be in emergency medicine. 
Um, uh, there could not hardly be a living person in the UK who isn't aware of the importance of emergency medicine, having read the newspapers, listened to the radio, etc., over the last year, few years. Um, and whilst we undoubtedly were in a crisis uh, some 18 months ago with nobody listening and no credible plan to get out of our predicament, um, we're no longer there because people certainly are listening and we do have a credible plan and we're actually delivering against that plan. And the timescale for these changes is not a generation. Uh, my timescale for these changes is 18 months to two, three years maximum. So for any medical student thinking about emergency medicine, by the time they're in a position to be going into ST4, which is the key decision point really, um, I would hope that most of these problems are behind us uh, and that emergency medicine is a safe and sustainable career for the individuals and the emergency departments in which our patients attend are also safe and sustainable for them. Thank you. Well, these are obviously fantastic initiatives and we wish you all the best of luck. Thank you very much. Thank you very much indeed. Mm -hmm.